This is the Action for Wellness podcast, where we discuss small changes that will greatly improve your life, health, relationships, and well-being. Hosted by naturopath Maya Harish and parenting consultant Nava Abraham. This is the Action for Wellness podcast, episode 10. Today, we're talking about getting your life together before... School term starts. Cool. <laughs> um, also, we first want to say, sorry we missed last week's episode. We were taking a mental health week. <laughs> Which is also something absolutely necessary for everyone sometimes. And also, Georgie is here in the recording studio with us today. So if you hear any creepy breathing... It's the dog. It's the dog. The lovely, lovely dog. It's very exciting being here with us. <laughs> So, right, the thing about getting back to school is it doesn't only relate to people who have children. People who go to school without having children also have to handle the whole getting back to school thing. And really, you can't escape it, can you? It's everywhere. And even if you're not the one getting back to school, but it's your your kids, you still have to get your life together beforehand. It's not, oh, but my kid needs to get their routine together and I'm totally cool to carry on the way I've been carrying on. No, that's not the way it works. Yes, you are a big part of it. Unfortunately or fortunately, however you choose to see it, you are a big part of it. I would say one of the biggest problems that I have with my children over the summer holidays is that their routine gets completely out of sync. So they're going to bed a lot later than they used to and they're getting up later than they used to or earlier than they used to, <laughs> depending on, you know, how excited they are. The routine is really, is really fun. And so what I would say, one of the most important things is to start working on gradually, I would say at least about a week or a week and a half, even two weeks before you go back to school, is starting to get your schedule back on track. So that means earlier nights, earlier mornings. It doesn't have to be at once, but just sort of work on it so that it's it's in your mindset and you make sure you're at home in time, showers are in time, everybody's ready for bed. Yeah, if you have to wake up every morning, if, if school starts at half past seven and you have to get your kids out of bed and ready, let's say between half past six and seven, oh, if, you, if you look very <laughs> near where you have to get to, then you can't have them go to sleep after nine in the week beforehand, because it's just not going to work. Kids need their sleep. Grown up needs their need their sleep. Yeah, you have to you have to calculate these things backwards. If you have to get your kids up at half past six, you have to be up beforehand because first of all, it's going to take time. Second of all, you're going to want to have your coffee first. Yeah. Because if you don't wake up, if you don't arrange your life so that you have time before your kids need to get up. You're not gonna, you're gonna be taking those kids to school on no coffee and no shower and you're gonna hate it. Yes, life is gonna suck really badly if you don't get to have, you know, whatever it is you need in the morning, whether it, it doesn't have to be coffee and a shower, it could be anything you're used to. But if you don't have the time to do it in the morning, life is gonna not be very happy. If you're the kind of person who does meditation in the morning or yoga in the morning, and your kids have to be up at half past six and you're only up at half past six. You know? It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. That's going to mess up your day, not just their day. So you have to plan these things in advance. And if you, if you think about it, you're like, okay, so 
need to wake up at six. I would like to get eight hours sleep. So that's 10. I'd like to have a couple of hours to myself before the kids go to sleep themselves. They need to be in bed by eight. So, okay, so now they're going to sleep at half past nine. So over the next three days, it's going to be quarter to Yeah, move out 15 minutes makes sense. It's not something that they would notice necessarily, but it could be quarter to nine tomorrow and it would be half past eight the day after and it would be 8.15 the following day and then you're nearly there. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. It's just like being jet lagged. You have to deal with it in the same way. And just like jet lag, it it will take about a week. So try and start this out today so you can get your kids to school. Yes. Also, explain what you're doing to them if they need to know because... They won't understand. They'll be pissy about it. It's not going to work. So, you know, they are, this is a part of their life as well. You're doing it not as like some sort of an executive decision they have no say in. Depending on the ages of your children, they may not necessarily just go with whatever you tell them. They may like ask questions or, you know, be upset about this new change. So just, you know, tell them why. The reason is you have to go you have to go to sleep earlier because you have to wake up earlier because whether you like it or not you're going to school next week or in two weeks time or whenever and you have to get ready for it. Believe me it's going to be so much more difficult if you have exhausted children and you're you know spending an hour an hour and a half trying to get them out of bed in the morning just for the first day of school. Kids will be facing a whole heap of fears before going back to school, as will you if you're going back to school or if you're starting some something new. So if you can address these fears by talking to them, explaining to them, having them have as much information as possible, so you don't know everything because it's been a while since you were in first grade, hopefully, or in kindergarten, even more hopefully. Yes. So the human brain works in that way that if you have something you don't know anything about, your imagination will take you to the absolute worst, scariest places about it. And so, and that this the exact same thing will happen to your children. So if your child is starting a new school, a new anything really, as much information as as possible is going to help and it will decrease like the stress levels, I think. Even if you don't know everything, if it's possible to take them to the school or the kindergarten or wherever it is they're going, just so they can see it, so they have something to imagine that is not something completely mad, that would be good. If you could even go inside and look at the classrooms and and, and the hallways and the toilets and find out where everything is where it's when it's not really stressful and it's like maybe embarrassing to walk around the school with mummy and daddy to see where the toilets are and that, that might really be awkward and embarrassing for the child to do and you know what I think being desperate to the toilet to go to the toilet and not knowing where they where it is could be really really bad so give them as much information as you can the names of the other students the names of the principal the names of the teachers If you don't know something, tell them. I don't really know. In my experience, it could be like this, but it could be a little bit different. But just, again, give it a bit of a frame. Frame it so that they don't go completely mad with thinking about, you know, for example, if you start going to school, it's very, very different to kindergarten. And so maybe explaining about how um, school is set up. So there are breaks and there are classes and there are different teachers and there are different classrooms. And the same thing applies if you're the one starting something new. If you're the one who's starting something you've never tried before, you're going to want to know as much as you can about it. 
So ask people who've done it before, read if you're me, you'd read a book about it or I am on book three of writing your dissertation for dummies, I think. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. You'd think, how many dummies need to write a dissertation? Answer is, clearly I'm not the only one. Clearly everyone's dummy. Because there's a, dummy. a book about it. Yes, clearly everyone's a dummy though, which has got to be somewhat consoling. Yeah. Well, the fact that there are so many books I can read about it helps. If they're bestsellers, then you really know you're not a dummy, are you? They're not the only one. I, I don't think these books are bestsellers. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't think it was that funny. Preparation is key. And the preparation comes not only in form of sleep, but also in the form of explaining and trying to demystify what you can demystify. But there are also other things you need to do to prepare. Yes, one of the things that happens when you go to school or when your kids go to school is you have to start preparing lunches. You have to put a better emphasis on your breakfast. School lunches aren't an issue. Depending, I mean, they might be an issue. It depends on where right. you live. But breakfast, breakfast is definitely an issue for a lot of people. And it's very, very tempting to put a bowl of cereal in front of your kid and send them out to school on that. Because it's very quick. It's so it's just easy. And they are likely to want it. Yep. So you really don't want to have any sort of friction in the morning for no reason. First of all, we want you to think about what the things your kids enjoy are. What are the things that can be filling for them? And relatively easy to prepare. Relatively easy to prepare and low on added sugars. Because if you send your kid to school on a sugar high, trust me, they are going to find it really difficult to concentrate throughout their school day. You want them to be able to focus. And the same thing applies to you. If you're going to work, you want to be focused at what you're doing. So trying to limit the amount of sugar you're on when you get there, that can just help. Yeah, apart from not being on a sugar high, sugar highs ultimately lead to sugar lows. Mm -hmm. And then that's that moment when you're sitting at your desk and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm about to be asleep in two seconds. What you want to do is make sure that your kid's breakfast has the main food groups. So it, as as filling as it can be and without them feeling like bloated and heavy at the end of it. Exactly. If you're struggling with finding ideas for breakfast that can be good, then luckily for you, I have a recipe booklet that is available for free download that you can take and it will help you. If nothing else, even if you don't actually decide to go with these recipes, it will give you some really good ideas. And the thing about this recipe book is that they're easy to make, you know, very low hassle levels. You don't have to be a proper chef to prepare them. They're really, and they're really good looking and they're really delicious. So again, even if you don't actually follow the recipes and use these ones specifically, they will definitely give you some really good ideas and sort of a good line of thought to go with. And I also tried to sort of include some explanation of what you would want to have in a good breakfast and how you can... Before I started studying nutrition, like I had no idea what carb is and what... Uh, like I couldn't... I couldn't tell these things apart. So I, I would hear somebody say, oh, you need to have all four food groups in your food. And I'd be like, I don't know what that means. Oh, still there. I have no idea. If you tell me like protein, I have no idea what you're on about. So this should have 
some explanation that hopefully will help you figure it out and balance your breakfasts a little bit better. I made it with my friend, the chef Itai Farkash, and there's some, yeah, I, I think there's some really good ideas there. Feel free to go to our website, www.actionforwellness.com and download the free booklet. The link will also be in the summary of the podcast so that you can reach it, you know, it's accessible. What we were trying to say is preparation is key. So think about all the areas of your life or your kid's life that are going to change when you make this transition from summer holidays into some form of framework. Yeah. And then try to address all of these this week before it starts. I would also think about the academic point of view in that if you're going to school or if your child is going to school, I would think about what are my expectations? How do I handle it if I if I or my child don't meet these expectations? You know, just sort of be ready for any scenario so that you know how to deal with it. You don't really want your child to come home and feel like a failure because they didn't, you know, get an A plus star or whatever on their grade. You want them to know, you want them to feel confident. And the same applies for you. If you have any expectations of yourself, you know, try and think about what happens if you don't meet them and what happens if you do meet them. You know, what kind of commitment levels do you have? How hard are you willing to work? How much support are you prepared to give your child? I was reading uh, a while ago a book by... Shocking, you read a book? I know. Uh, Carol Dweck, and it's a book about mindset. And I always think of myself as somebody who's really open and accepting of change and whatever. And as I was reading it, I suddenly realized that I have such a fixed mindset and that things that shouldn't necessarily be very difficult for me are very difficult for me. Like I don't ask questions and I find it really, really difficult if I don't know the answer immediately, then I'm like, no, okay, I'm done. This is this clearly is not, for, not me. for me. If if it's if it doesn't come easily, I'm clearly just not gifted at this and, and that's that's that. So I completely block things from my life. And you can work on that, you can change that. And I would say that if you or whoever it is that you're taking to school if you notice that this is an issue, then try to encourage a growth mindset above anything else because you don't want your kids to be framing themselves for failure, which essentially is what I've done throughout my entire school career. I have to say, I remember you as a child coming back from school and because you were always exceptionally bright and you understood everything very, very quickly, if there was anything that you had you know, the slightest bit of trouble understanding. It was absolute. It was terrible. It was so difficult for you. I remember you would just have, you'd just be really upset with yourself. You'd just be like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm obviously stupid. I can't do it. I always thought that was a me thing. I always thought that that's just the way I am. Like, okay, so I'm clearly not good at art because I don't even know. I don't even know if it just didn't meet my standard or if somebody at one point said to me oh that's not a pretty drawing or I don't know what it is that sort of made me think oh I'm just shit at this well I would I would think you probably had very you always have had very high expectations of yourself and I think if you didn't meet them 
And your expectations. I mean, I can tell you, you were always very good, well, very I mean, artistic, very good at maths, very good. At, you were always like the, for me, I'm far from being an academia oriented person. For me, I was like, you know, school comes so easily to my sister. It was really, sometimes it was very sort of difficult for me to be like, yeah, but Maya would get this in a second. So, I, I mean, I don't know, because when I got 99, our father would always say things like, oh, why don't you get 100? So I don't know if this is mine because I was born this way or if it's mine because I was never good enough for him. Like, who knows? But the point is, as somebody who is going through this yourself or supporting somebody else who's going through this, so I had a really long conversation with my aunt the other day, Nava's oldest daughter who is starting uh, first grade next week. (laughs) I said to her, you know, it's really important that you ask questions, that if you don't know the answer, raise your hand and ask a question. Because even if you think everybody around you knows the answer and you're the only one who doesn't, I assure you, if you raise your hand and ask the question, there will be sighs, sighs of relief from everyone around you who is too embarrassed to ask the question or also feels like they're the only ones who don't understand. And if you ask the question then you'll get an answer and then you'll understand. And if you don't ask the question, then you won't understand. And that's the only difference. You're such a good aunt. Thank you. (laughs) It was fine. Um, But it's something that I sort of, I never, I'm always the one who doesn't ask questions because I don't want to, I don't want to come off as stupid. I'm always embarrassed to ask questions. And when, and then I sort of have to sit around and wait for somebody else to ask the question and if they don't, then I'm fucked. Yeah, I have to say, I'm the one who doesn't give a fuck. I'll ask 70,000 questions until I'm sure I understand it. And then I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> and I'll just leave. But that's that's really... You know what? That probably is like, if you boil it down, that's the biggest difference between you and me. Because we both grew up with the same shit father who both gave us both the feeling that we're just not good enough. And the difference is you took it to a place where you felt you just forever felt that you weren't good enough. And I took it to a place where I was just like, fuck it, I'm not good enough then, I'm just going to do whatever I can and that's it. Mm. And, you know, for better or worse, it took us to where we are today in our lives because because I didn't really care about school and I really didn't care about my grades. I was like, whatever I get is whatever I get and that's fine with me. I never sort of, I never expected myself to get very high grades. And my aspiration was to pass. That's all I cared about. All I wanted was to pass. Because to me, I guess maybe because I sort of decided our father's clearly an idiot. And so what he cares about is clearly stupid. I mean, this is how, this is like, I'm trying, I'm explaining sort of my mindset and how it brought me to this. But then, so I didn't care. He obviously did care about my grades, but I didn't. I mean, that's probably why I didn't. Sort of out of spite. Which helped me because I was never a good student. I was never sort of really capable of sitting down for very long. And in all honesty, what I just said is exactly how it happened. I would, if I were in class, I would ask a hundred questions until I was sure I understood it. And then I left, literally, in the middle of class. I just left. I was done. I got everything I could as far as I was concerned. I got what I could out of class and I left. So see, I was always, well, I mean, I started cutting school way too young. That's probably because I (laughs) I think I I think I may have started that. I remember. Well, you took me out of some classes, but I mean, I cut loads of classes. Yeah, no, of course you did. Because I was such a snob. 
I was such a snob. I remember fourth grade maths, fourth grade maths. I, I, I remember sitting in class thinking, oh God, this teacher is so stupid. I can't be bothered to sit here. And I would just be like making up excuses and leaving class Bye. in fourth grade. I don't think that's entirely normal. I hope it's not entirely yeah, let's normal. Let's try and not tell like these stories to my daughters. I <coughs> haven't. <laughs> no, no, we're not telling this. My children will not know. My children will think I was a model student. Yes. But the point is, the point is, in terms of mindset, you can help create a growth mindset in yourself and in your kids. And I highly advise you figure out how to do this and don't let them become me. Or me, for that matter. Don't let them become the 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 student who's like, if I if if I don't understand anything, it must be because I'm stupid. And also, don't let them become the student who feels that they don't really care anyway. Let them, you know. Let the aim should be is to let your children get as much as they can out of school and sort of take it with a grain of salt or a pinch of salt, whatever. You want them to not take it too difficult. It's got to be, I'm going to school, I enjoy learning, and I will do the best I can. The encouragement should be for making an attempt, for doing something that you know is out of their comfort zone. That's what you should be encouraging, rather than, oh, you got a really good mark. That's, that's a byproduct. If they enjoy what they're learning, they will learn. Not only will they learn, this information will stick for the long run. It will stick with them throughout their entire school career. And, you know, onwards and upwards. It will take them a lot farther than it will if they're just focusing on the grades. Absolutely. Okay, so what we're saying is solve the problems before they start as much as you can. At least address them. By planning ahead. So you have a week now before school starts. Use this week to help your family, yourself, your kids, your partner, your family, your household, be as prepared as possible so when you actually have to get up and go to school it's not a shock to the system it's not oh but I was up until two o'clock in the morning and now I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning this is shit let them sort of take as much as they can as much positivity as they can out of this whole situation right I think it's time to call this a day I wish everyone the best of luck in school and in this you know school year and what we want to say is starting from next week our podcast will move from monday to thursday yay because we noticed a lot of you listen to it over the weekend anyway so there's no point in having it out on monday and have you all download it on thursday so it'll just be it's going to be fun on thursdays yay so be prepared for this change. Don't think we're taking another mental health week. No, oh, no. We're, we're mentally insane, so it's okay. We may need a mental health week again, but we're not going to take it. So we'll be out with the next episode on next Thursday. And our coaching course is going to start in November. Yes, that was part of our decision-making mental health week. Yes. We want it to be the best it can possibly be. And in order to do that, we have to do it in November and not in October as initially advertised. This just means that it'll be even better than if it had been in October because it means we're 
we're stepping it up. We're improving it, basically. And it's going to be so amazing. So please contact us if you're interested in getting more information about it or registering already. Have a great week. And please don't forget to rate and review us because your reviews mean the world to us. We know you listen. We have crushed our expectations of downloads. And we want to know what you think and we want to know what your questions are and what you're struggling with and how we can help you. And it'll only help us improve and sort of give you more, you know, focused information on the things you'd like to know. Yes. And believe us, we've got a lot to say. You may have noticed. You may have noticed. Right. So we love you all. Have a great week. Good luck with everything. And even if you're not starting anything, have a great week anyway. Yes. Probably have an even better week. Bye. Bye.